How's it going, guys? And welcome to Out of the Rough with me, Lenny, and Sean. Sean, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Doing good. Glad to hear it. We're uh, coming off another exciting week of golf at Rocket Mortgage Classic. Another nice, what is that, five playoff holes, four playoff holes. Seeing yeah. Cam Davis get his first win on the PGA Tour, which was kind of nice to see, uh, except for I know I played a little bit of Troy Merritt, and I know Sean had Joaquin Neiman in his one-and-done. Um, so kind of the two guys that we were really pulling for didn't quite get it done. And pretty crazy with Joaquin Neiman. Played 72 holes without a bogey, and then in the first playoff hole, Puts it over the green, gets into that thick stuff, and just can get up and down. Um, it it really was kind of just another you know, whoever is going to make the first birdie was going to win this, and Cam Davis just was able to get it done. One crazy thing though, Sean, I don't know if you kind of saw this, noted this, paid attention to it, or whatever. But Joaquin Neiman, right? I stay off him. I don't play him. Somebody else finally plays him, and he goes off. Not only does he have a great tournament, the thing that I was criticizing him for was his around-the-green game wasn't great, and just his iron play I didn't think was good enough um, to kind of keep him in contention if he wasn't hitting greens. And what did he do? He just scrambled all weekend. I think during the 72 holes, he was 100% scrambling, like 18 out of 18. Um, so I, I guess I'm going to have to kind of eat my words here. Maybe we're back on Joaquin Neiman. I think he could be a really good play at the Open that we've got coming up here in a couple weeks. You know, it's seen, I don't know, that improved around the green game. We'll have to see how it continues to to go. Um, but, yeah, I was impressed with, with Neiman this week. Cam Davis kind of coming, not really from nowhere, but coming from the back, putting himself in contention. And what would you think, Sean? No, I thought it was a good weekend for golf. Uh, like you said, it's uh, it's always good to see you back on the Neiman train. Um, <laughs> and it's and it's good to, to get the win here for the for, for my side of things. Like you said, the one and done didn't play out like I was hoping to. And it's kind of bummed when you get to the, the playoffs that it happens to work that way. But, um, you know, it's... Instead of tournament play, it's now match play, and, and you're just like you said, trying to make that first birdie, you're trying to make that first uh, red number on the card, so you you make the pressure on the other person. But uh, it was it was interesting to see the the playoffs, you know, thirteen playoff holes in the last few weeks. So um, it's that's good for golf. It's exciting that we have the Open coming up, like you mentioned, and and the Scottish Open as well this week. Um, so it's it's a good it's a good time for golf with this packed schedule, and I'm loving it. Yeah, that, that is for sure. And some other kind of big storylines. I know a guy that you were on, Bryson DeChambeau. Uh, I'll let you take it away. What do you have to say about about the storylines, performance, everything? I mean, I think Bryson is kind of a little, uh, a little in his head about a lot of things right now. Um, I don't understand what necessarily happened before the rounds of, you know, why uh, you fire a caddy that you've had for so long. I know, you know, Tiger switched a few caddies and 
and all the everybody switched caddies, so it's not that crazy. But to do it right before the round starts, um, and for the reasons of what that had, I mean, I saw some pictures where Bryson had his caddy on the on the belly down on the green, putting putting balls out there for his putter. I mean, I I don't know like why that's needed. A lot of guys just grab the balls out of their bag and put it down and do their thing. But again, Bryson's the mad scientist, so he's going to do what he wants to do. But uh, he'll find he'll find another caddy. Um, I, I mean, I'd carry the bag for him and just shut up and let him do his thing. Um, but I don't know if I'd lay on my stomach and put golf balls down for him either. Um, so I, I think that's a little kind of it's a little crazy for me. Uh, you know, I, I think he's going to have he's had his name a lot in golf in terms of storylines. Obviously, with the way that he hits the ball, the way that he plays, but then the off the course stuff with Brooksy, um, and also with the match that's coming up, uh, actually on this July 6th. Uh, so, um, as you're listening to this, it might've already happened. Um, but the, uh, the match and everything with that going on with his name, I think he's just building a brand for himself in terms of that stuff. So it's, it's always good for golf. Like you see some of those storylines coming out of, people talking about it or even like kind of considering it to be sort of like the, the YouTube fights and how those marketing gets out there and they still make their, their money. You know, if it works, it works. You just got to kind of take it in a different way. But um, I think Bryson's just kind of a little over the top now in terms of that stuff, but Hey, it's working for him and I can't really knock him too much. So, um, but I just think it's ridiculous that, you know, a guy that's carrying your bag for 72 holes every week and then off the course, taking care of things for you, you know, there's a little respect piece there for me, but again, I don't know the whole story. You probably won't ever know the whole story, but um, just kind of odd that you would do that, especially with the kind of year and everything that you want to be doing. I don't know if maybe the Open, the U.S. Open, if that kind of the last round maybe uh, sparked some controversies in the way that he was playing and then it ended. But uh, sure, I didn't even think about that aspect of. I mean, he was doing pretty well. He. Up until the eighth hole, he was on the, at the U.S. Open at Torrey. He was, you know, up in the lead, and then right yeah, after that, he kind of just and... went right downhill. So, what, like what eight over in the last ten holes or nine holes? I can't remember what it was, but it wasn't pretty. Yeah, but, he stopped by the twelve pack to have a drink too. <laughs> I mean, part of part of me is kind of like, you know, this is good for golf. It's kind of news. People are people want to know a little bit about. Bryson, what's happening? You know, every sport kind of needs its villains in a way. You know, I, Bryson might be taking that role. Like you said, we'll never know the whole story. Probably, golf kind of likes to keep things in house. They don't like a lot of these stories getting out. Uh, I just watching him on Thursday. It almost because I had him in one and done. It almost just seemed like he didn't care. Like he didn't want to be there. Uh, and I'm sure he did care he's a professional athlete you know you can tell he's a very competitive guy but it just Thursday watching him play it just it, you could tell like he wasn't he wasn't really there it seemed like so it'll be interesting yeah, it to the, see what we've got I, I saw the one uh one part of that was uh normally you know he stands there when he takes his shots before everything and he's getting his yardage and 36% divided by 12%, the pressure, the wind, and all that, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he's doing all that work. But like you said, this this last round, he kind of got up to the ball. And I think there was a couple of times where, like, even the announcers were making it, like, he just took his hybrid and said, I'll just hit it and call it a day. 
you know, and, and, and that's not necessarily the uh, the Bryson that we've seen. So it might have just been, you know, the, the, the match, like I said, that that's coming up with Nicholson and Brady and, and Rogers. So that could be on his mind, but um, you just got to be better than that, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, I mean, especially when we play you. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a story. There's another story, Phil Mickelson. I don't know if you've looked into it, read too much about it with him. You know, both guys we have playing in the match this week, Bryson and Phil, coming away with some pretty big storylines from the Rocket Mortgage. With Phil, it was a report from over 20 years ago of him kind of getting shafted by a bookie who didn't didn't pay him and. Detroit, I think it was, somewhere in Michigan anyways, and they were trying to make a big story about it, and Phil wasn't having it. I thought he was going to withdraw from the tournament. He decided to come back and finish, as long as 50,000 people do something good for their community or do something, I guess, just make a positive impact in the area. Um, So, I mean, I guess it's good Phil didn't really let this get to him too much because, I mean, in a way, journalists are kind of just doing their job, writing the stories that they have in front of them, and they're trying to get views, trying to get clicks. I, you can't really blame a journalist too much for releasing this, um, but I'm just kind of glad Phil kind of seemed to brush it off a little bit, finished off the tournament, because you don't want to see someone have a withdrawal because of that and have to WD just because somebody says something kind of bad about them in the paper. But I don't want to, I don't want to get into it too much because I do respect Phil and he obviously doesn't want people talking about this. Um, right. But I mean, since I guess we're on the topic of the match, who do you think is going to win? I, I have no clue. You know, sometimes when you look at those things and you look at the previous ones that they've done, Obviously, you know, Phil's, Phil's been involved in all of them, and I think he makes it fun. Um, I think it's really going to come down to who of the two football players are better in the moment. You know, Rodgers versus Brady. I think when Brady was playing in the last one, you saw a few moments where, you know, the chip-in, obviously, everyone talks about, but then I think that was the only highlight that he had. Um, the, every, everything else. He, he stuck some good, some good approaches. Well, outside of that, I think what you were expecting or the buildup of it was a little bit different. And I think you you saw the, uh, you know, not that you or I wouldn't do the same things either, but you saw the human in what looked like Tom Brady, who's not normally human. So, yeah, um, the thing is, he still didn't play bad golf. No, no, not at all. He wasn't a professional golfer. No, I know. You have to, yeah, you, you have to put that into consideration when you really think about it, too, because... You know, th- like you said, he plays football. Uh, he doesn't golf. So yeah. um, it is. It's interesting. I think. I think that that the Phil Mickelson's going to make the difference, though. I think. Uh, I think he'll probably come away with the win. He seems to yeah, always uh, come out on top on that side. So I'm I'm with you on that. I think I have more faith in Phil's game than I do Bryson's game at the moment. Um, and I don't know, Phil just, you can tell he just loves these matches. Uh, and uh, it, Phil's been playing pretty good golf kind of for the last few months. Um, where Bryson's been a little bit volatile, hit or miss. 
it's a uh, it's a pretty interesting course not really similar to the course we have this week with the John Deere but it's kind of a you know, varying elevations throughout um, where I think someone like Phil who might be able to to work the irons and wedges a bit more will benefit him him but yeah it also will come down to just is Tom Brady gonna stick a bunch of irons it's Aaron I haven't really seen anything about Aaron Rodgers' game. I'm not sure how you know good he is, but kind of who can who can help the pros out with a few shots. But yeah, I'm with you. I'm betting yeah. on this. I'm I think I'm betting on on Phil and Tom Brady. Yeah, I saw a report that Rodgers didn't really say that he was out golfing much and doing many things, and said you know the more the more I think about it, the worse I'll play. So. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that's going to be a good thing or not because the less I do stuff about golf and then try to go out and play golf, the more I suck. Um, so we'll see if he's a, he's a little different, but we'll find out. I can definitely relate to the more you think about it, the more you overthink every single shot you take. And you're just playing a mental head game with yourself. But anyways, we'll move on. We'll get into this week's. John Deere Classic, TPC Deer Run out here in the Quad Cities area of Illinois. It's a par 71. It's going to be around 72 to 7,300 yards. Some interesting group of winners that we've had here. Our last five, we didn't play this last year, mind you, but our last five winners, Dylan Fratelli, Michael Kim, Bryson DeChambeau, Ryan Moore, and Jordan Spieth. And... Not really one skill set kind of within all these winners. Um, Bryson's really the only one in this list who's a bomber. I mean, you have a lot of long shots with Fratelli. Bryson was even a long shot when he won this. Was, I think it was his first win on tour. Might not have been his first, but it was one of his first. Ryan Moore, long shot. And then Jordan Spieth was the favorite. Uh, a lot of first-time winners here, a lot of repeat winners as well. It's kind of a, a mix. Either it's your first win or you've won this two or three times, like Jordan Spieth and Steve Stricker. Um, one storyline I guess we can look for this week is there is a spot for the Open next week that can be earned or won during this tournament. So. Out of the highest place finishers within the top five, so you have to be in the top five to qualify. But the highest place finisher within that top five who isn't already qualified for the Open will get a spot in the Open. And so it's why we see a lot of the guys this week that are playing um, that don't have a spot in the Open are playing this, trying to earn that last spot. Um, you have some guys like uh, Siwoo Kim, Sung Jae-in, uh, they're not going to play in the Open, focus on the Olympics, which I can't really blame them for. Um, but I think those guys might have a little bit more motivation as well, um, just because they're trying to really ramp up for the Olympics. It's what those two guys are focusing on. So we do have some good storylines. The field is going to be one of the weaker fields that we've seen in some time. And Daniel Berger is our highest um, kind of guy here at 11-1. So it, I, I, I think if you pay close attention to the field, um, you know some of these guys in the lower ends, a lot of these 7K, 6K guys, 
you can have a lot of success with this. Um, this is, you know, a tournament though that with all these new names, all these guys with very similar win equities, we don't have that elite core at the top per se. That we can see some crazy winners here. And I'll tell you right now, I, for my betting card this week, I'm kind of just sprinkling the field a little bit in those higher number guys. I don't think I've placed a bet on anyone under um, plus 50 this week. I've kind of just, I'm going to play some of the high guys. Hopefully I have someone there on Sunday that I have, you know, someone to root for, maybe play some live bets. Um, but I'm just going to be kind of playing the field in that aspect. Do you have anything to add about the uh, tournament this week, Sean? No, I, uh, nothing necessarily about the course. I know, like you said, the field's a little lower this week because of of traveling over to the Open and, and the Scottish Open, uh, which we'll probably touch on a little bit later. But it'll be interesting to see the uh, who, like you said, who comes up in front and who is uh, able to do well uh, in the tournaments. Uh, it, it'll be interesting to see some of those people that we normally see in the 6,000 ranges in our lineups and what we've seen They'll probably be a lot higher this week, um, and you'll see a lot of names that you may not have heard of on the leaderboard, which is, again, good good for golf. So um, I think it's it's all exciting. It's all good, and uh, I can't remember the last time I've seen a John Deere tractor, so it's good to be reminded about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't worry. They'll have them all over the course for you to look at. They'll <laughs> be floating on the water in a second. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get into kind of our picks for the week. We'll start off with the uh, the 10K and up range. Um, I'll let you go first, Ron. Who do you have in here? Uh, I am going to go with uh, C. Wu. Or sorry, he's my next pick. I apologize. Uh, Sung Jae Um He is uh, 10-7. Um, I think he's a pretty good play. He pulled out of the Open next week, so there's not any travel issues or anything going on there where someone might be thinking of getting out of the weekend earlier or not prepping as much. So with not playing in the open, um, I think that makes it a lot easier for, um, for, for him to be a good pick. Obviously, you have a, a couple top guys in here um, that are pretty highly rated that are probably worth your money just as well. Um, but I think I'm going to start a trend off with, with Sung J.M. Um, he's got a couple eighth places. I think that's the, the highest that he's placed this year at the Honda Classic and last week at the Rocket Mortgage. So it's it's good to see that he's been playing pretty decently and, and he has made the last three cuts that he's played in. So um, pretty good consistency as of late. And with the, with the smaller field, I think he's a very good pick. So Sungjae M107 is the pick at the top range. Yeah, I think Sungjae is a good play this week. Um, seeing Bryson Burnus with the high number last week, kind of, I don't know, scares me from the top guys a little bit right now. I need to I need to see Berger have a good week before I ever go back to playing on the top, the, the kind of the only 11K plus guy. Um, the Sunday's iron game has kind of come back to him. He, he's he been kind of, you know, getting the irons dialed in, improving really the last three weeks. Um, I think he could be a very good play. For me, I'm going to go with Brian Harmon. Someone I've played a decent bit this year uh, for good reason. Uh, he's got one finish outside the top 20, I think, since the players. He's won here before. It was back in 2014, so it's been a while. Um, 
but he's a very accurate hitter and he's gained off the tee um, pretty much every tournament this year or has been basically like internet neutral. So it just kind of shows how accurate he is because he's not a long hitter. He's towards the bottom of the list in uh, driving distance. So he has to be very accurate. And once again, like Sungjae, his iron game has been really good. He's someone who can get hot with the putter. And we've seen it in tournaments earlier this year where the, the putter gets hot and you see Brian Harmon just kind of hanging around in that top 10 looking looking to get his spot. I think this is where he can pull through in this weaker field with him being one of the top dogs instead of him kind of being mid-range guy. I think it's a good week for Brian Harmon at 10-4. We'll move on to our 9K guys, Sean. What do we got? I alluded to it a little earlier, uh, so I'll say it correctly this time. Uh, but Siwoo Kim um, is coming in at 9-1, so he's on the lower end of the range. But again, I don't think you can really look at price ranges and see lower end, high range this week. I think everyone's pretty much you know, in a good spot for where they're supposed to be, and it'll fit perfectly in your lineup. But uh, the 9-1 price is good for him, uh, selling wherever you might want to. He's got a few uh, similar to uh, his South Korean counterpart that I mentioned earlier. Uh, he's got, I think it's two highest places other than a win, um, or a couple ninth places, the Players' Championship and the Memorial Tournament. Um, he finished 58th last week at the Rocket Mortgage. Um, so it's, it, and, he, and he failed to miss the cut last week, or the week prior to Travelers. So I'm hoping to see a little bit of a difference out of him, the, the kind of the play that we've, We've seen like with the win or the four top tens that he's made. Um, luckily, the field, like I said, was a little smaller, so it's it's going to be easier for some of these guys to maybe make the cut towards the top range. Uh, but with that said, too, he also did pull out of the open, just like the other South Korean guy that I mentioned. Um, so with both of those guys not having anything to think about with next week to travel or any anything, uh, it might be interesting to see that if those two guys are at the top of the leaderboard, which I'm hoping that they are. So Siwoo Kim. Yeah, got a little uh, Olympic uh, thing going on here, Sean. So we have. I uh, maybe I don't know. Well, stay tuned. I uh, sneak peek. I I've thrown in a couple Olympics guys in my lineups as well. But for my next guy, kind of going to the top of this list, Kevin Streelman. Yeah, he missed the cut at the Travelers, but his previous results before then have been, I don't want to say excellent, but they've been pretty darn good i mean 15th 13th 20th and an eighth in the last four so very solid finishes and having i mean two of them are major championships right so he can i don't want to say get it done but he's kind of like brian Harmon, where where he's been up there he's been kind of sniffing around on sunday his approach game has been unbelievable and i think you know he is someone who as well can get hot with the short game, can make some putts, can keep him around until Sunday. Um, and I'm, I think kind of like Harmon Streelman's kind of due for one here. Uh, I think it's just a good spot for him in this field. Uh, so I'm going Kevin Streelman at 9-7. We'll move on to our 8K range now. We look at that, Sean. I just had it up here on the thing, and, and he went away. But I'm going to pick him on the thing real quick again. Uh, it's Lucas Glover. Um, he's coming in at 8-6. He's got three top tens this year. 
Um, just highlighting some of those, the Valero Texas Open, he had a fourth. Charles Schwab, he had an eighth. So not saying that these tournaments aren't really a high-level tournament, but we've already alluded to some of the field and whatnot. And with the Charles Schwab and the uh, Valero Texas, I think we find similar fields in those tournaments. So, um, you know, it, it's always good to see a consistent player like Glover, who's only missed seven cuts. But with some of those lower-end tournaments, you see where those places tend to drop, which is great as, as you want to get, well, I guess, higher on the leaderboard. So he... Uh, his, his placing goes up as his scores drop. So it'll be interesting to see if he can do anything this week at uh, John Deere, but I think he'll be a good pick at 8-6. I think he's a, he'll, he'll surprise some people this week, hopefully. I was I was hoping you were going to go uh, Sebastian Munoz, another Olympic guy here. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think he's a pretty good pick. For me, I'm going with Johnny Vegas, who now I get into my Olympic guys. He was a guy who's qualified for the Olympics. He has been playing pretty well. Six straight made cuts, two top tens. He's kind of been, I don't know, I don't want to say a short field killer, short field specialist, but looking at some of our weakest fields that we've seen this year at the Palmetto, Puerto Rico Open, and the Corrales Punta Cana Resort and Club Championship, he's got two seconds and an 18th. So in these weaker fields, I mean, two seconds on his 18th is the worst finish in what I would consider, you know, the three lowest quality fields. I don't really want to say that because all these guys are still excellent professional golfers. And, but I mean, he's performed well. Um, great thing about Johnny, always going to bomb the ball, always going to gain off the tee. Uh, but his approach game has improved. He's gained in his last two events, hoping he can keep it up this week. But as long as his approach game is solid, makes a few putts for us, like he'll be in contention again. I have no doubt about it. I think kind of looking at some of the guys around him, you know, having that kind of specialty where you can, I don't want to say bomb it without any regard, but you know, you, you're probably the longest hitter in this field. I'm not entirely sure. And probably the best off the tee in this field. Getting that guy at 8K, I think is a solid pick. Next, move on to our 7K, Sean. We got I'm, going, I'm going Steve Stricker. Um, I don't think it's a surprise here if you've been paying attention to this golf course and this guy over the last few years. Um, but he likes to win here. Uh, I believe he's got three wins at this course. Um, so it's a very simple, easy fact of the matter to pick this guy in a field like this. Um, he was supposed to play, I believe, in the U.S. Senior op- or the Senior uh, Open, uh, but he pulled out of that to play in this event. So uh, obviously that means a lot to him to play here. I'm sure it's a lot of fun to go back to some place that you've won previously and, uh, and, and play it again. He has been going on a mix of Champions Tour to uh, PGA Tour, uh, some events here, some events there. But some of the some of the good events that he highlighted, uh, just a fourth place at Waste Management in Phoenix, uh, and then a, a bunch of high place finishes on the Champions Tour. So he's been playing pretty good golf, even though the you know you don't hear his name every week. I think this week you're going to see it up there and and realize why he's still playing the good high quality golf that he can at his age. Uh, and I think 7-7 seven, seven is a pretty good steal for him. So Steve Stricker. Steve is someone who 
I have like fear of missing out on playing this week. You know, he's in a field, a weaker field where you don't have all those elite bombers like we do. You know, a lot of the elite guys that we have in most fields bomb the ball. You know, the fields kind of maybe brought back a little bit to him. There's still obviously some very long guys off the tee. And, but just kind of that, you can tell he's got that competitive nature still, still competing in Champions Tour every week. And it's just that, that course history he's played here so well that it's almost like to get, he could, he could win this, you know? So it, I probably will end up rostering him a couple of times just because I don't want to miss out if Stricker does kind of perform. But he is a very consistent, you know, get you your your 20th place finish on this it seems like every time he's playing for me i'm gonna i'm gonna go back to the olympic theme again going with mito Pereira, um, and i'm sure not many people have heard of mito he's a chilean golfer um you know hopefully he saw joaquin one of his good friends have that great finish last week you know, he wants to get out there, have some fun. He's basically a corn fairy tour guy, and he's been playing excellent. He got his PGA Tour card because he's got the uh, three-win exemption, so he's won three times on the corn fairy tour and is recently coming off back-to-back wins. And, and I mean, his form on the corn fairy tour is unbelievable, really. Um, five out of his last six events are top tens. He's got a really good driver. He's long, pretty accurate with it. Fifth in ball striking on the Corn Ferry Tour, which I know it's the Corn Ferry Tour, but still, just to be at the top of the kind of board, uh, off the tee and approach, I think is a great combination. Where in this weaker field, it's going to be a little bit more like a Corn Ferry event. Um, so I think he can make some noise. He needs to get some really strong finishes so we can get into the FedEx Cup playoffs. And I know he missed the cut at Rocket Mortgage, didn't have a great showing, um, but maybe it's kind of like the, uh, um, I think of Garrett Higgo effect, where Garrett Higgo kind of for a month run dominated the European Tour, came over to the PGA Tour, I don't want to say struggled right away, but in his first kind of event there wasn't, outstanding right and then we go and we see him win was it the palmetto so maybe it's a it's the way mito Pereira gets in there right didn't have a great week last week but this is the week where he he comes in gets dialed in gets his win he's at seven six so he's not a huge risk to play but you know i i love my chilean golfer so i gotta play mito this week not a bad play <laughs> You know, that and just educating the fans on some guys you might never never have heard of. We'll be seeing them in the Olympics, though, so it'll be fun to see how he progresses. <laughs> we'll, go, we'll go to the 6K range. It's, a, uh, it's an interesting range this week, Sean. I'll leave it at that. Yeah, no, I, uh, I think this one's always interesting to say that, too. Um, I tend to struggle with, with who I want to pick or... How to, how to fill in the lineups as I can. But I think um, for myself, I'm just looking off of some previous results like with Stricker um, and, and trying to see what what kind of has worked here previously. And I feel like I've seen this guy's name in some majors. Uh, where I think it was back in 
um, Oakmont, where his name was up there a few times as maybe like the, the amateur there, the pro-am there. But uh, Andrew Landy, uh, Landry, sorry, I'll say that correctly. Uh, he's at 6'8 this week. Um, he, I believe last year he was in uh, third place when the last time that they put, played this event. Um, so he, he obviously can play the course. He's somebody that, like I said, I've seen in majors before at the top of leaderboards. Not towards the end of it, but you know, in the beginning couple of days, I've seen him up there, and then obviously the major guys come through and play. Um, but seeing that he shot 265 back-to-back from the first and second round, um, obviously that's why you see him up in the front. Uh, but he did tend to fall off at the 67 and the 69, if you consider that falling off. Um, so all four rounds under 70 here, uh, which I think is going to be great. So if he can keep that momentum from the last time he played here and keep it rolling, I think he's a great steal at 6-8. So Andrew Landry. Uh, I mean, within this range, there are some big name, not really big name guys. Ben on as some people know. Roger Sloan, he's played well here before as well. Another guy, last two, he's got a 10th and an 18th. Adam Shank, I'm considering. Um, but kind of the guy I'm going to put my hat on is going to be in a range where I typically try to avoid, like, the plague. I'm going all the way down to 6-3 with Josh Teeter. Um, after being the late ad last week, he still didn't make the cut. He's made seven out of his last eight cuts on the PGA Tour and has an okay kind of record here. He doesn't have any terrific finishes, but has only missed one out of his six cuts here. Um, kind of going with a little bit of a specialty, right? He's very accurate off the tee. You know, he's one of the most accurate golfers, might be the most accurate in this field. I'm kind of just hoping that little specialty, just you know, playing from the fairway every time, can kind of help uh, help keep him around, help him make the cut here this week. Um, but like I will be honest, like he is not a good iron player, not a good wedged guy. Um, if, if he can figure it out a little bit, I mean, the the greens are a little bit bigger than tour average this week, so hopefully. The approach game, like, you don't have to be super dialed in. The putter can just get hot. Um, But I think I'm going to be playing Josh Teeter all the way down at 6-3 this week. Move on. Strokes gains, PTC this week. I'm playing Michael Fiegels. I'm probably saying his name wrong, and I apologize, Michael. But (laughs) if you thought Josh Teeter was a deep dive, a deep play, Michael is 6,000 this week, so he's at the very bottom. Um, if he, if you were to click on his name, he has no news, no game log, no results, right? So you might shy away from him, or the price point at 6,000, you should shy away from But if you're trying to just crush some guys at the top, right, you want to put in a Burger and Brian Harmon, or you're trying to play Sungjae and Brian Harmon, right, you're trying to get two of those top guys in your lineup, you might have to have to dig this deep down, right? And in Fiegel's, he went to the University of Illinois. He was ranked 13th in the NCAA um, golfers, finished fourth at the NCAA championship. So he's kind of coming in with some good form off the, the college season. He's got a sponsor's exemption this week. So, you know, if he has an excellent finish, we could be seeing him a little bit more around tour. Um Hopefully we do. 
love, you know, those great storylines. So Michael Fiegel's 6K this week. How about that one? You did some deep digging, and I like it. <laughs> it was a lot of effort to find that. No, we, when, when it comes to the stroke gain proximity to course, we don't just pick the easy ones, right? I could go on Zach Johnson. He's a guy who's, who's a board member for this tournament. You know, has had great success here. We want to go down deep. We want to make the deep dives, find those great picks for people. But, Sean, you want to talk a little bit about the Scottish Open this week? Get into that. Yeah. Because if you were to look at the Scottish Open field, you look at the John Deere Classic, you probably wouldn't know the difference of what you're looking at. All right, the Scottish Open, we got John Rahm, Colin Morikawa, we got Rory, Sander, JT, Scotty Scheffler, Fitzpatrick, Zalatoris. Like, I can go on, right? We have a very good field here. Um, we'll kind of talk a little bit about maybe some of our picks here. We're not going to go through a full deep dive rundown, but for some of you that, you know, want to look into the European tour a little bit, play some of these, you know, events that – we have coming up is everyone's kind of getting ready for the open next week. Um, we'll kind of just cover a few guys, why we like them, um, why they might be good picks. I'll let you go first, Sean, if you want. Sure. Yeah, no, I, uh, I'll go through my list of the, the three guys that we were talking about earlier. Uh, and, and, and why, obviously a lot of these guys are going over to, to Europe and to, to Scotland to get ready for the, the Open. So um, it'll be good for them to play. You may see some guys kind of use it as practice too. So um, obviously they want to compete and they want to play everything as they can. But next week is really the big one. So um, I with my top range of 10 and higher, sticking with that theme, uh, Xander Shoffley is the one that comes to mind. He's in at 10-5. I think he's a, he's a very good play. You've, you've seen him consistently make deep, deep runs at tournaments, especially in, in some of these other uh, majors and whatnot. I mean, just thinking specifically in our one and done, which we'll get to later in the Memorial, he placed very high in, in one money and the U.S. Open. He won money. So it's it's good to see that those, you know, when, when it comes to matter, he's a good pick. Um, so he's never, never too shy to pick in that top range. Um and then to stick with the Olympic uh, theme that we were talking earlier, I'm going to go with uh, someone who I'm going to definitely pr- uh, pronounce his name wrong. Um, but I'm going to go with Higo on the first one, Gary Higo from South Africa at 8-6. So he's my lowest of the two. Uh, but I'm going to pick his counterpart in the uh, in South Africa, and it's going to be Christian Bezadenhout, uh, which I didn't struggle as much as I thought I would. Um, yeah, it was good. It was good. Which he's uh, he's at nine three. So I think with those three guys, obviously the field's kind of studded out. Um, but you know they're they're practicing up for the Olympics. They're getting in gear for for the the Open next week. Um, so I think those are the three guys that I would be looking at trying to build lineups around, or or at least highlighting or paying attention to this week. Uh, but there's a lot more that are in there. Uh, who are yours? Yeah, I will say with the South Africans. There's been a good kind of history of South Africans winning this tournament from Ernie Els, Retief Goose, and Tim Clark, Brendan Stone back in 2018, Brendan Grace having some great finishes here. Um, 
you know, it's not a surprise to see South Africans up there in the top of this field. Um, for me, I'm kind of going, I can't really say it's a gut pick because it's Rory. I just think, you know, he was coming into the Irish Open playing some really good golf, had that seventh place finish at the Open, and then just didn't really perform at the Irish Open, kind of his home tournament. And so I think he's going to come out with a point to prove uh, he wants to show people he's here. He's ready for that open. He's going to be there contending. So I, I, I'm kind of just going with that, that point to prove a little bit after last week showing next he's at 10, seven. I'm not sure if I said that or not. Next time I'm going with is uh, Terrell Hatton, someone who is an excellent link style player. Um, so I think, you know, the course will fit him, especially here and at the Open next week, where we've seen his results on the European Tour have been, I don't want to say much better than the PGA Tour. Um, but, you know, it's it's where he's gotten all of his wins. Um, he, what, at the beginning of this year, I think the end of last year, was just racking up the wins, looking like one of the best players on tour. I think he might have gotten into the top 10 in the world golf rankings, and um, so I think him getting back over to the European tour, playing a little bit more of the courses, you know, he grew up playing styles that suit his game a little bit. He'll be able to perform. Next guy I've got Guido Migliozzi, you know, wouldn't be us if we didn't throw his name out there again. But like, listen, this guy, you know, at, at the U.S. Open, you know, we kind of, Sean and I had some bets on him thought he could be a good play and he's just kept performing if you look at his last four tournaments second second fourth 13th just playing great golf you know his last two finishes on the european tour were two seconds so i mean there's nothing doubting i mean me doubting him that he he isn't going to show up and perform and he's at eight thousand, so i think that's a great price point for him Another guy I'll t- kind of talk about, I'll go one more guy here at, at 7.5, Jason Scrivener. Um, when I was watching the Irish Open last week, he was playing some great golf, um, kind of hanging around, um, finished ninth. He's had some really good finishes lately, three top tens in the last four. Um, I think, you know, he could be someone, a, a sneaky pick down there in the 7K range. Um, they could have a good week this week. So a little bit of a, a Scottish Open kind of look for you guys, something a little bit new, talk about the European Tour, which we don't talk about probably enough, um, but just with how great that field is looking this week and you know the, the prospect of the Open coming up uh, next week at Royal St. George's will be a, a very fun, exciting week. We got the match coming this afternoon. Uh, you know, the John Deere we got with the American Centuries Classic, you know, the Celebrity Golf Tournament. We got the, the Senior Tour having, having their major this week. Just a, a great week for golf. I, I can't say anything more than that. But <laughs> we should probably turn our attention back to uh, the PGA Tour, where we kind of make <laughs> our, our bread out here. Uh, we should talk about the one and done, Sean, before we get too carried away. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so to go over last week's results, um, both Nate and LJ missed the cut. 
unfortunately for Nate, Hideki had the COVID issues, uh, so he was not able to play. And then Bryson, we talked about him earlier. Uh, but I did have Neiman, who came into the playoff. He did come away with a, a nice little chunk of change. Uh, so to review the standings and where we are, I'm still in first uh, with 3.7 million. Uh, Nate is in second with 2.7. And then LJ is in third with 1.7. Uh, so we've got a good theme going for ourselves. Uh, hopefully uh, hopefully LJ or, or Nate can, can keep pulling up together. Uh, but with that said, um, LJ, you are up first. And who you'd like this week for John Deere? Yeah, I, I'm considering Daniel Berger because, like, uh, I am in last place, and I feel like I kind of just need to play the dogs. Like, we don't have too many tournaments left, but I think I I have to go Brian Harmon. Though Daniel Berger probably has the best overall game this week and probably has the highest win equity. I, I have too much faith in my guy, Brian Harmon, right now not to play him. So Harmon's going to be my pick this week. It's a good pick. I mean, obviously he's up there this week in the ratings, so it's a, it's never a bad idea to pick pick somebody that's up there. Uh, it's a good thing that you didn't take Daniel Berger because that is who Nate is taking this week. Um, and uh, I'm going to go stick with my first main guy that I said this week and go with Sungjae In. So uh, we're going to hope that they do well for us this week uh, and they, you know, give... More than one person make the cut this week. We'll get more than half of this week. So that's the standings that we're at with the one and done, where we stand or where we lie. And then, yeah, we have well, under 10 tournaments left on the year. Mm-hmm. Getting down to the to the nitty-gritty with it open next week. We have a WGC coming up in uh, about a month or so. We uh, Well, actually, next week we'll have two tournaments. We have the open and the Barbasol. Could be a, a place where I make my run. I'm going to sweep both of them, rise to the top. Phoenix from the ashes, baby. <laughs> Sons and four. <laughs> Sons and four. <laughs> All right. Do you have anything else to add? No, no. I'm just excited of the, you know, it seems like the, with the, the holiday weekend, if you're an American listener, uh, the short week of everything and, and getting back into golf with the match tonight and the golf this following week it's i guess at the beginning it's very nice to see golf just going 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 um but yeah the pga tour this week's going to be a little interesting if you want to wake up early and watch the european tour you'll have golf all weekend uh, and don't forget to check out those euros if you watch soccer that is true we have the euros wimbledon going on sports galore man crazy week for sports well whether you're betting on the euros wimbledon any of our 100 golf tournaments we've got coming up this week. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, uh, hopefully they're good bets. But remember, you know, check us out on all of our social media sites. But out of the rough WK, and tune in next week. We'll have a open preview. We'll look at the open, do a DFS breakdown, do a little uh, talk about the Barbasol as well, and take care, guys.